You're listening to the 27th edition of the Bitochen Podcast. We continue in the Madriga Sodom, and here we get to two chapters which are actually brought from elsewhere in the Sefer, but they have to do with the concept of Bitochen, and therefore they are brought here. There's a mistake that a person can make when it comes to the way that Hashem deals with us. It seems to a person that the effects of the actions that I do are much greater than they actually are. It seems like the shtadlis that I do is what creates the, the desired result. When a person has a life which they perceive as negative, as being cursed, all types of anger and pains, and the person perceives that all of my efforts don't get me what I want. I'm not a, I don't have uh, as much recognition as I want. I don't have as much covet. I don't have as much money as I want. It's never enough. I'm trying so hard. Why is Hashem not giving me what I want? So this gives us a living example, a living picture of the story of the Shalish. The Shalish was somebody who was an officer, and it was at the time of Elisha Hanavi, and the Jewish people in Shomron were under siege. And inside of a particular city, they were under siege from the people of Ashur, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, they were starving, it was, they, were, they had nothing to eat. They, were, they had eaten up all of the animals already, even the horses, except for a few that they needed for battle. And it was t- very difficult times. People were eating their own children. Uh, they were eating bird feces. It was a terrible time. When the Prophet said at that time, when it was a hunger in the land, hunger in there where they were, So the Prophet stated a thing that seemed impossible to be. Here they were starving, eating bird dung. And he said that tomorrow you're going to be able to get a saw, which is a, a tremendous amount of flour for only one shekel. And two sa of sa'irim, of barley, for two sh- for one shekel. So, it seemed impossible. Shalai lava shalish. So the shalish was an officer of the king. He says to the Navi, Even if God makes windows from the heaven, could such a thing occur? It can't be. He doubted the words of Elisha, a Navi. And the prophet said to him, that you will see it with your eyes, but because of your disbelief, you will not be able to eat from it. And it was exactly so. Whole story with Gechazi and the other Mitzayram, they were outside of the city, and they came upon the camp of Aram. It was Aram, if I'm not mistaken, actually, not Ashur. And they came out there and they saw that there was nobody there. They had been driven away by, by a godly voice that had scared them. They had heard sounds of, of Sus and Rechev, horses and chariots, etc., and they had been scared away. And so they had left all of their food and all of their stuff, and the Jews were able to take all of that stuff, and everything was cheap. We need to understand. Every single one of us asks the same question. We ask the question of the Shalish. We say, how could it be? Is Hashem going to send me? It's, it's, Parnassus is very difficult now. 
So many things are going on in the world. In a natural way, it doesn't seem possible that I'm going to get what I need. Is Hashem going to open up windows from the heavens to pour out all that I need? After the stimulus plan is over, what's going to be? What's going to be with my parnasa? What's going to be with my family? So people ask this question, we wonder and we think, how could it be? How are we going to survive? But it doesn't happen that which happened to the shalish. In other words, the altar is assuming that if we have an idea, if we have a concept, if we have a challenge to the words of the Navi, the Navi says something, HaKadosh Baruch is going to take care of us, it's going to be an unbelievable miracle. And the Torah says it itself, the Torah promises us, he's going to ta- God is going to take care of us, Hashem is going to take care of all of our needs. But we don't fully believe. We think that it's going to be our efforts, we think we're trying so hard, it's not going the way we'd like it to go, etc., etc., and yet we don't receive the punishment of the shalish, of this officer. The officer didn't believe that it's possible the word of Hashem will come true, that today it's going to be that we have nothing and tomorrow it's going to be cheap. We also don't believe, a person doesn't believe that tomorrow he's going to have what he needs. He's always worried, a person is always worried, what's going to be tomorrow? Chazal tell us, that if a person has food today, I have what I need today, I have the clothes on my back, I have a roof over my head, the electricity is still on, the water is still coming into the tap. Right? If I have what I need today, but I say to myself, what's going to be tomorrow? How am I going to survive tomorrow? I have very small faith. A person like that is very small faith. Hashem said on Rosh Hashanah, as we said in the Rosh Hashanah davening, who's going to die of hunger, who's going to die from a plague. So we said all of that on Rosh Hashanah. We also know that Hashem determines exactly how much Parnassah we're going to have for our entire year on Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara Yushami says that people who are on a very high level, they wouldn't receive any gifts. They felt it would take away from what they were supposed to have for that year. They didn't want to take extra. So what? So it comes out that a person is trying, I want to get more. I want to get more now. I want to pull into myself that which Hashem is going to give me later. I want it now. Classic Vardic mushal. I believe that the, the Chavetz Chaim says this mushal as well. It's like somebody who's traveling in a, in a train. He's pushing with his hand. He's pushing, pushing, pushing the, the chair in front of him. He wants it to go faster. He wants the train to go faster. He thinks that by pushing on the seat in front of him, it's going to make the train go faster. That's exactly us. It's exactly us. We're trying to push, push, push. I want to get, I want to get this parnasa going. I want to get this thing going. I want to get, I want to see more success. I want my kid to get into yeshiva. I want this. I want that. All of these things. I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm pushing. But by pu- I'm just pushing on the seat in front of me. It's something that's already done. Like the Shabbat has already decided. Which yeshiva my son is going to be in? Who's going to be the shidduch for my child? Who is going to be my shidduch? Who is going to be my grandchildren's shidduchim? It's already decided. 
It's already decided. And all of my efforts, they're a waste of time. A person is running, running, running to try to attain that which he's going to get without running. That which he's going to get, no matter what. It's already predetermined. It's already decided from Shemaim. That which is already set for him, he has already. And that which is not set aside for him, even if he turns over the entire world, he won't be able to get anything more, even a mustard seed. If a person doesn't pay attention to this idea, instead he depends on his own efforts, and he is involved, and the power of his own body, and his own machinations. So that type of thought, that type of thinking, that type of approach to life is no different than the shalish. This guy who says, how is it going to, what God is going to create uh, windows in the heaven to bring down this, this amount of bounty? Why is a person so involved in Ishtalus? Why is a person so involved in trying so hard? He's pushing, pushing, pushing. And he's pushing, he's trying so hard to, to make earlier that which Hashem wants to be later. It's because of this thought, the Shalash's thought, this mistaken thought, which is, which is, it's inside of him, it's lamenting, it's saying, oh, yeah, 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 and it's convincing him to think. And if he doesn't do it with his ten fingers, it's not going to fall from heaven for him. And it'll be just like a wilderness which is unplanted. I'm just thinking about how apropos this is for me right now. I'm working on a new album, a new CD, music, and I have a really nice song on my album which my son composed and I worked on it with him together. I composed part of it, he composed part of it, etc. And it's a song with... It's a very nice, has such a tam, a batanta song, and I hired a choir to sing in it, a Hasidish choir, and there's a Hasidish, some Yiddish words in it, and I thought, you know, I'm going to have, oh, this guy's going to sing it with me, I find a Hasidish singer to sing it with me, it'll be a duet. And this one, uh, and it seemed like wasn't too many people interested, but finally someone said, a big, big name, and I'm not going to say who the name is, he said he's interested in it, and he asked me, what's your budget? And uh, I thought, oh, how am I going to get budget for this? Oh my gosh, he charges so much to sing a duet. Ba 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 ba. How am I going to get the money? Maybe I'll, I'll let's see how much he charges. Da, 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 da. And Lamaise, the bottom line is that it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And but in what what was the thought process here? Spend money I don't have. How am I going to get the money? Borrow from my parents. Da, 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 do this, do that. But Akadosh Baruch Hu has each song. I always say this, each song has its muzzle. Each song has its place that it's supposed to be in Klal Yisrael's consciousness. There's a, there could be a song that stays in Klal Yisrael's consciousness for a hundred years. We're still singing the benching song that was composed a hundred years ago. You know, there could be a song that's forgotten. You know, Klal Yisrael sings it for a little bit and it's forgotten. Right? We don't know what the place is. That's what he's saying here. Each, I'm translating it into my own language, each song has its specific muzzle that it, it, it's katsufloi from Rosh Hashanah each person has his muzzle exactly who he's supposed to be what he's supposed to be what he's supposed to accomplish of course we have 
free will, if we choose to accomplish that which is set up for us. But when it comes to Parnasa, when it comes to these kinds of things, so we don't know what's going to be. We don't know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. But if a person would understand the truth, the real reality, nothing is done on its own. A person can't touch that which is his friends. You can't touch. If the money belongs to him, it belongs to him. If the fame belongs to him, it belongs to him. A person doesn't bend their pinky unless they've announced it above. Every single thing that happens in this world, if a song comes into my head, it was a song from Shemaim. We find a person sticks his hand into his pocket and wants to get out a quarter. Instead, he pulls out a dime. I didn't pull out the right money. It's annoying. That's considered Yisurim. It's Gemara Erchin. If we realize every single thing is every single thing that occurs in our lives is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So then he would throw away all of the idea, oh, this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to make the money, I'm going to do this plan, that plan. He would give up all of his trust in the people that he knows, the people he loves. And the power of his body and his, all of his machinations. He doesn't need them at all. He doesn't need them at all. He doesn't need to expect any salvation. I'm not going to become more and more and more, more famous because of a song that I put out. No, it's not it. It's not it. There's no salvation there. Each individual already has an iron bridge, a steel bridge. Every single thing is already determined. Every single thing, HaKadosh Baruch Hu already was geyser on Rosh Hashanah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu determined exactly what we deserve, what we're going to get, or what we're going to get even if we don't deserve. If a person doesn't do this, and all day long he's trying so hard, trying to figure out what is it that I need to do in order to get what I want. It's because a person thinks, oh, how could it be that I'm going to get what I want if I don't bust my chops, if I don't try my hardest? Is Hashem going to just let it flow down into the world from windows from heaven? So his question here, we're going to end with this question, we'll come back to this next time, but the question is, if that's the case, so we're asking the same question as the Shalish, how is Hashem just going to let it flow out onto us? It's just going to happen? So first thing is we need to know that, that, that that's how we're thinking like the Shalish. And second thing we need to know is, what is the result of it? Because if we behave like the Shalish, so then we should, we should experience what the Shalish experienced, which was, he was trampled. He saw the success. He saw the cheap food that was there in front of them, but he wasn't able to take from it. So we have to see that Lamaisa, everything in this world, the, 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 when the Torah tells us the story of the Shalish, it's because there's a spiritual reality which is being expressed in that story. And that spiritual reality is true two and a half thousand years ago, and it's true today. That spiritual reality doesn't change. It's a spiritual fact. If you trust in Hashem, He gives you what you need. If you don't, Hashem leaves you to your own machinations, your own efforts, and you end up with you end up with the results of your actions, which are insignificant compared to what a Baruch Hu can do. 
and a person will see it and won't be able to eat from it. So we'll need to see how does that play out. Because it's so important to understand that in the spiritual realms, in the world that we live in, there are, there is, and there are, an antecedent and a result. We have the efforts that we do and we get what we put in, right? If we put in to be talking, so we get HaKadosh Baruch who is on our side. If we put it in Hishtalis, so we only get whatever the Hishtalis produces. And that's not going to be enough for us because it's never going to be enough. And there are negative results from our actions. Well, if we don't believe that HaKadosh Baruch who can do miraculous things for us, Hashem says, Gizundayit, I won't. Right, so everything is dependent on us. And the results are, we get what we put in, as we spoke about last time. We get whatever we put in. And so, we're going to find out more about this next time. But the point is, it's so important to look around and see HaKadosh Baruch Hu is responding to us. Hashem responds to us when we are involved in Mitachan. We see all the time HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of us. I don't remember if I mentioned this in the, in the, uh, on the last podcast when my daughter told me, my, my five-year-old, that she had Bitachin, she was on the yellow table, she wanted to be on the blue table with the other girls. She had Bitachin and she was going to be by the blue table and her teacher moved her to the blue table. My, another daughter of mine, my 11-year-old yesterday, she had, uh, so there was some kind of contest, a bunch of girls won the contest, they did a Hagarla, they did a raffle, who was going to win the can of soda? And she had Bitachin, she would win the can of soda and she won the can of soda. Right? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we do something. The response that we get back from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is kifi what we put in. And that's the bottom line here. And we need to know if we are seeing negative results, sometimes it's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying no, it's not good for us, whatever it is. But sometimes it's because we haven't properly developed our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our relationship with Him. That means that we need to be working on that. And we'll see more about that next time. Thank you so much for listening.